Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Core Ignited Sparkcast. I'm your host Keith Johnson, along with Vakisha Marinci. Today we have two special guests joining us on the podcast from Career Development, Felicity Sanchez and David Rosario. Today's topic, career development and how it can be helpful to your success. What to expect when assigned a career advisor, open door Wednesdays, and much, much more. So sit back, relax, because we're going live in. Hey guys, this is Sparkcast. Um, we have David Rosario and um, Felicity Sanchez. So can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm David Rosario. I am the career advisor for most of the STEM programs here at Full Sail. So I work with game development, software development, mobile development, mobile gaming, simulation and visualization, and cloud technologies. Hi, my name is Felicity Sanchez, and I'm one of the career advisors for entertainment business, music business, and entertainment business master. So, um, like I said, today's topic is career development. Um, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about a number of different topics. Um, first, we want to talk about the goal of career. How it could be successful. Um, so, career development. Um, our goal is to help our students and our alumni in their careers. So, whether it's help with resumes, cover letters, or job leads, um, anything to help our our graduates um, in their career, help secure that position, or maybe even make that next jump in their career. Um, so that's kind of our goal. We can't necessarily get you a job, but we can get you through that process. Um, you're not by yourself in it. We can really help with research, things like that. Yeah, so we definitely assist with the job search strategy and the job search process. It's quite a journey. Uh, we will assist with resumes, and we can assist with LinkedIn accounts, and we also hold additional uh, events, including uh, CNEs, our networking events, our hiring events, um, and additional workshops as well. And what are you, what are we trying to do to attract more students to go to credit, be involved in everything? Yeah, um, I'd say over the last two years we've done a we, we've done a lot of changes to try to reach out to more of our alumni base across the country. So we do career networking events, which we have a big one coming up next month during Hall of Fame. If you're here in Orlando, you should come to that. Um, we also take this event on the road now. So we've been going to Los Angeles, New York. Uh, most recently, we just went to Chicago. Atlanta. Um, Atlanta's another Atlanta, one. I've heard about that one. Yep, and um, we're we're looking at to uh, some other <coughs> some other cities as well. And what we do in these events, we bring out employers from the industry in those areas to meet with our alumni, um, gives them a one-on-one -on -one, uh, experience to discuss opportunities, discuss their resumes, um, ways that they can be stronger candidates for for those particular companies. Um, we're also adding workshops. You want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So here on campus, we also offer other opportunities to help our students who are on campus. Um, a lot of those include the workshops. And amongst those workshops, we have resume workshops. We have speed interview or just interview workshops in general. Uh, we've done workshops with um, online interviews or online, inter um, like through FaceTime or Skyping. Right. Um, there's some other. Uh, we've done. Workshops. Networking workshops okay. too. So it's a little bit uh, more in depth, not just the hey, go out there and go network. Right. Um, so not only do we provide different um, strategies and techniques um, for networking, but we actually create networking opportunities in our career networking events. We usually end those with a mixer. Mm -hmm. So the employers, uh, the employers are asked to stay. Um, 
you know, we'll have a bar. People, you know, might have a, a drink. Right, right. But it's a great, great way to not only network with companies, but also with other alumni. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I was just in the, in the last Chicago event, and there were so many grads um, in Chicago who didn't know that there was other grads in Chicago. And just seeing them interact with each other, mm-hmm. um, you know, just shows, that, yeah, you, you have full sale family everywhere. And here they are, and um, we, we try to create those experiences, too. And what's great, too, is we have grads who have gone on to work in their industries and form their own companies or just work within a certain level. Right. They often come back here and recruit from our student base. Um, I have a student who recently graduated in December and who had networked and met an alumni uh, out of Miami. And he was like, give me your resume. She forgot to give him his, her resume. She came back in January. They happened to bump into each other again. He's like, where is my resume? She provided the resume, and now she's employed, and she got a job straight out of college. Mm, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish somebody would have told me this. Um, I recently applied for a I had it uh, on the phone. I never, like, had to sit there and FaceTime or interview, mm-hmm. like, over the phone. And that was, like, a, you know, a weird feeling because it's, like, usually you go to the job, you wear, you dress up, you dress nice, and you have that interview. Mm-hmm. So, like, is that is that a new thing that's happening now? Yeah, it's actually it's 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 been part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's usually, you know, that first feeler call, um, you know, to talk to that candidate, uh, kind of get a gauge for their skill, their skill set, their skill right. level, um, before actually bringing them in for a formal interview with someone okay. who, who might be a little bit more technical. So, I always recommend if you have an interview coming up. As soon as they confirm that, you should get in touch with your career advisor, schedule an appointment. If it's a phone in, uh, a phone interview, mm-hmm. we can call you and do a mock phone interview, right? And let you know, hey, these are the things that you may have had trouble with or you're in a nosy, uh, in a in a loud area, might want to go to a quieter area next time. Same thing with Skype, okay. right? You're, um, we'll, do, we'll do a mock Skype interview to check for some of the things we might not think of. Um, the lighting in the room, how you look. You know, you want to be presentable. Right, absolutely. Um, especially this is like your first impression with the company. So um, one thing I always tell to my base, if you, if you have an interview or even if you just want a mock interview, just to get, get an interview under your belt, schedule an appointment with us and we can call you. You can come in or we can Skype you. And um, we'll do a mock interview and give you some feedback. Um, hopefully give you, you know, um, some experience and you go into that interview just feeling a little bit more prepared, more comfortable. This is exactly why it's so important to foster a relationship with your career advisor because you are finding out all these additional tips that maybe you didn't have prior to coming to career development. Another one that David forgot to mention is during your application process, make sure you have a really good voicemail. All the time I get students who don't have one set up. They don't have their names. They have music. They have really (laughs) funny messages. I even myself for a short period of time recently downloaded a, an app on my phone for all the spam calls. And I didn't even take into consideration that when not employers, but I have offices like doctor's offices calling me, it's getting picked up as spam. Mm -hmm. You don't know an employer might be calling you. It might be being registered as spam. So you want to make sure that you have a professional sounding resume. I'm sorry, professional sounding voicemail. Right. Yeah. I had to learn that the hard way too. Um, I didn't have a voicemail set up for a while and, like, I'm pretty sure I got a lot of, like, missed Miss calls, calls and stuff yeah. in, you know, but now I got it. Yeah. So. That's great. No, it's important. I mean, when when we're recruiting, when I was a recruiter, we had to reach out to 100 candidates a day. That was actually a metric that we had right. to meet. And if, it, if you had at least your first and last name on your voicemail, 
I would at least leave you yeah. some more details about the job that right. I'm calling you about, right? Um, I don't want to leave too many details on someone's voicemail that I'm not sure is their actual, like, that could be an old phone number. I don't want to leave it for a stranger. Right, right. But if it's you and I can acknowledge that it's you, I might go in and, and leave you some more details um, about the job. So definitely have it, even if it's just for the period that you're applying to jobs. So what would be like a, could you guys do like maybe a mock, <laughs> a mock voicemail? Oh, it would be something like, you've reached the voicemail of Felicity Sanchez. I'm sorry I'm unable to answer the phone at this time. Please leave your name, number, and a reason for your call, and I'll make sure to return your call as promptly as possible. Thank you. Yeah. So you that about to use good. that? <laughs> 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 minds. Yeah, yeah. Be mindful about your tone. You know, you don't want to sound Happy, like you're sleepy. Smile. Right. <laughs> yes, we want energetic people. We, we need that energy in the workplace, all right? Absolutely. So, okay, other than um, voicemails, what about emails? Like, some people have... Um, Oh, high yes. school email so addresses. So professional stuff, emails, right? addresses, especially during, I, I don't know about David, but I know what, during my recruiting days, uh, when you are dealing with 100 plus people that you have to call back, sometimes an email is all it takes for me not to respond back, especially if it's if it's something childish or, you know, like Florida girl, Florida chick, I, you know, I love this. or <laughs> Wanted um, 666. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get them out. Um, birth dates are not a good thing to have on okay, there. So if Felicity Sanchez, 1981. I don't. You don't want to date yourself as either being too old or gotcha. too young. Um, I really recommend something with your name in it. Should um, it be like what, like a few, what you're applying for? Like, say, my name is Keith Johnson, recording arts or music. Gmail. Com. So, or so an issue, and I don't know if you have this in your programs. An issue that I have, especially with like my music business grads, is a lot of times they are. They have many hats, so a lot of times they're performers, but they're also looking to maybe get on the you know the back side of things and right. work in the business side. So I do come across quite a few of my students who have like Keith Johnson music producer right. um, or Keith Johnson artist at gmail.com. And when applying for certain companies, you want to brand yourself a certain thing, and you don't want to show off too much at once, and you don't want a company thinking that you're coming in as a musician or an artist, and mm. that's your whole goal. You want them to think you're coming in there for them because that's what you should be coming in for. Um, so I would just really make sure, especially depending on the job, I would just keep it to your name. At gmail, outlook.com. Um, I, I, re- I don't really like Hotmail, Yahoo. <laughs> I just, yeah. No. Um, first and last name. First yeah, and keep last it, name. Keep, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Um, Avoid the student email yeah. if you can. I, I mean, I'm going to copy-paste it anyways. Mm-hmm. As yeah. long as it's not weird, we're fine. Yeah. You know, but uh, um, I am hoping for a professional email. I would recommend if you're not like targeting internships, maybe you know not use your st- your student email, which I see a yeah. lot of you know a lot of our grads will use their student email. Okay. Um, you know some employers might not want to hire someone who's just fresh out of college, right? Okay. They might you know, yeah, I could see when you graduated, but that's usually my first tip off. If you're still using a student email um, on your resume, is that either you're still a student or you just recently graduated. Um, I think you can avoid anyone having any type of biases by just using your first and last name. Keep it simple. Okay. I mean, but I would argue at the same time, it's so easy to make a, Mm -hmm. it's so quick to make a Gmail account using your name and a series of numbers. Like just go ahead and, you know, make that account and make sure that that account is just for work purposes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, um, a segue going into, um, internships. So some students, they might come in here, go to career development, thinking that they're going to get the top like the what is it the top the top position and mm-hmm. not knowing they have to maybe get that entry level that um you know internship or how so how do you break it to students
you have a, um, a degree, but doesn't mean you're going to have that high level position. So one of the things I always, I do try to set expectations, especially if you don't have work experience that's relevant to the career field you're going into. Um, one of the things I always also, also mention, it's not always what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. um, so networking is so important because a lot of times jobs, job ads are put out, but they already know who they want to hire. That's already set in stone, but they do it for HR purposes. So sometimes you do have to take an entry level position to get your foot in the door, especially if it's your dream company or it's your forever company that you want to be with for forever. Right. Um, Another statistic that I heard, uh, I think it was Newsweek a while back, and I find that it's pretty accurate. I get students that come in all the time thinking, oh, I found this perfect job. I'm 100% qualified. I applied for it. I'm good. And I want to be like, well, you, you know, you applied for it, but I guarantee you hundreds of other people probably right. also applied who are also just as qualified. Uh, and the statistic was 20 out of, or one out of 20. So for every 20 applications you complete, on average, you will only get a response back for one application. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that that's pretty accurate. And I find talking to students, they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think on the internship thing, I work with a lot, uh, I, I mean, I'm, most of my bases are in STEM, so I work with a lot of tech companies. Okay. Their internships, a lot of the time, pay just as good as a full-time job. You know, I have some of my grads who get internships where they're starting off at 50, 55,000 a year um, which is a great salary. It is. I, yeah. I need to switch to <laughs> degree program. Yeah. yeah, and so um, don't think that you have to do one or the other. Hey, honestly, in, in my opinion, as long as it's paying, you're in a good place. Yeah. Um, on the employer side of things, an internship for us, a lot of the time, it's a try it before you buy it. Here's, you know, and they usually go for like three months, sometimes six months. That's kind of a lengthy one. But for those three months, I get to you know, experience how you are in the workplace, see how you engage with other employees, see if you're really a good fit, right? So it's almost kind of like hitch, you know? It's like, we, we wanna make sure that not only we're a good fit for you, but you're a good fit for us. Um, internships give us that time for both people. And at the same time, um, and this is why I brought up the hitch thing, it's like, hey, maybe this company's not for you. It's not just them who have a say in this right. in the first 90 days. You know, if you're not feeling the job, 100%. well, you can kind of walk away. You completed the internship. You're leaving. Um, you're not burning any bridges. Mm -hmm. uh, you're leaving a good standing. And, um, you know, for the internships, I definitely, you know, if, if it's a paying one, go for it. Um, there's a lot of good paying um, internships out there. So I do love that. Try it before you buy it. Right. Uh, I might steal that. Go for it. Yeah, there's some totally students, you know, it. who um, you talk, um, oh, talk yeah. about it too. Um, there's some students who, who probably can't afford to do an internship, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're looking at, like, yeah. I need that job that's paying. I mean, it might not be paying the most, but they need that job. They can't do an internship because maybe they have family or maybe they're just in a, in a situation where they need money. So um, I think, can we, can we talk about that, too? Because, I mean, yes, yeah, we all want to do internships. We want to be in that field, but there's other serious things that, that go in between before that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the reality of life. We all have bills. Right. You know, Obligations, um, responsibilities. Yeah. So this is where I feel like if you start networking early on, and I know we'll talk a little bit about coming to career development and open doors right, right. earlier um, before the three months, but when you give yourself time to network with people in the industry, you're, you're casting a wide net on opportunities, right? So... Um, you might be able to find an internship through someone that you know. Um, that happens a lot of a lot of the time. Most jobs, most internships are like I think it's like eighty percent are filled through a referral. 
um, somebody in the inside. Not what you know, it's, it's who, you know. who you know. The second thing is do your research. There's, um, so like for my developers, they can go to so many different industries. They can go to the game industry, they can go to simulation, casino. I like to follow the money. Where is the money coming from, right? Um, well, the game industry, for example, like they have to create a game and they have to sell it. In military simulation, the government's like, hey, we need you to build you this and we're gonna fund you prior to even making it. In casino game, like casino games, for example, well, they got all their money um, if you've ever been to a casino, it's a bunch of old people playing slot machines <laughs> like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Follow the money. Look at businesses. Do your research. You know, um, there's a lot of information. Google it. Um, but I, I think that's the important thing, too. Um, a lot of people will go to maybe some, like, s- small startups, right, that there's less than, like, 10 employees in that company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to see, like, are they funded yet? Or are they, do they even have a business plan? Do your research so you're not wasting your own time, right? right? Everyone always has an idea. Um, I work with mobile developers. If you're a mobile developer and you're listening, you've probably heard this a million times, like, hey, I have an idea. Can you make it, right? Um, do your research. Ask the questions. And um, just make sure people are funded, you know? And, and if, if it's a company you don't know, just do a Google search. Um, and, and don't be afraid to ask questions if, if someone calls you for an interview. That was kind of a lengthy response. <laughs> no, that was perfect. No, it was great. That was perfect. Um, also, don't just think don't think about traditional jobs just because you are uh, an entertainment you're in an entertainment based school. Um, we work with a lot of untraditional companies, for instance, Florida Hospital, and they're always looking at our grads for work. Okay. Um, so there are non traditional employers out there who are looking for skill sets, for instance, like the government. Um, that uh, David was just mentioning, who are looking. So sometimes you do have to think out outside of the box. Cool. So let, let's talk about open door um, for students. That's going that on right don't, now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, even during the spring break. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Every wow. Wednesday. So if you're if you're on campus or if you're still in Orlando, go. Well, it's probably well, it's, it's, gonna it's be open bo- pretty yeah, soon. It's but, over, yeah. It's you know, over, yeah. open door never closes. I guess. They're gonna love it when everyone shows up <laughs> yeah. at one forty-five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are open even during spring break, mm-hmm. even during the holidays. Um, as long as I guess Christmas doesn't fall on a Wednesday, then right. we should be here. If it's then the twenty-sixth, we will don't be here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's Christmas. Um, open door is a great opportunity for individuals or students, especially newer students, to be introduced to career development and to find what we offer and how we help students, and to even just start gaining relationships with advisors, even if they're not necessarily your advisor. There's always something to learn. Um, you get uh, information regarding our workshops that we're offering and different events that are happening as they're happening. Um, so coming in, even if it's just one Wednesday a month to find out what's going on in the school um, is always a great opportunity for anybody. Yeah, and um, this is all networking. So even when you connect with your career advisor, I mean, you're doing the same thing that you're doing with anyone else in the industry. right? We're, we're, we're talking about the industry, of course, we just happen to be in the position where we get to work with a lot of employers. Companies are constantly contacting us. Hey, I need this. We need that. Um, In sales, I did a lot of sales before, and we had this one technique which we call top-of-the-mind awareness, where I want you to just know who I am and what I do so when the time comes up, oh, hey, I know a guy who does that, right? And there's so many cases where I have an employer coming in who's like, hey, I need this, and then someone comes in th- through open door. Um, oh, 
I'm, I know yep. that I met a guy who can do that exact thing last week. Let me get in contact with him. Right. It happens so time. many times every time. month almost. And um, that's a great way to get an interview. Um, but it's important for us to know who you are, right. what you do, and then what you plan on doing after graduation. Do you plan on going to New York? you plan on going to Texas? I need to know where you're at. Because if an employer, and this happened when I was in Chicago, um, there was actually a grad that I had met who had some trouble finding um, a job with a, with a studio. And I told them I knew a guy in Chicago, wait till Monday when I get back in Orlando and to contact me. He did. I reached out to my guy. Next day, that guy got an interview. Very next day, he got a final interview. And before the end of the week, he already got a job offer from that company. Right. And that goes to him letting me know who he was, what he did. And he was was an animator. I don't work with artists, animators. I work with developers. But I knew a guy who who I could connect them with. And, and that's just how it happens. So get in the habit. Everyone you meet, let them know who you are, what you do. And then, you know, if you're not looking for jobs in Orlando, let them know, hey, I'm moving to California. I'm moving here or there. Um, I did a lot of commercials before I came here to Full Sail. And to this day, I still get contacted by people asking me, hey, do you still film like commercials with drones? Right. right. And I haven't done that for three years. But that's from all the work I did networking back then. You know, that top of the mind is top of the mind awareness is still working on people. So let people know who you are, what you do and where you're at, you know, just as much as possible. Especially if you're in your last three months prior to graduation. So you're really like jump starting your job search path right. and your job search journey, getting in touch with your uh, with your advisor and learning like the hot new leads that are coming out or the new connections that we're forming here at Full Sail with other businesses across the country. Um, there's no better time because that's exactly when you're starting to look for employment. Okay. Yeah. So, quick question. It's kind of like, um, kind of not um, a career development question, but it's like, so what if a student wants to be a freelancer? Like, what if you want to do freelancing? How okay. do you, like, do you do, you do that Network. at all? Oh, that's all about Just networking. networking? Yeah. Like, what, like, what, how would you guide them to go into the freelance world? Instead of like the normal, like the not say normal job, but the nine to five job. Yeah, I I would say look for someone who's already doing it. Right. Right. And we have so many tools at at our fingertips, like Instagram, for example. Like you could find someone who's doing the exact same thing and the whole blueprint is there. You can see, well, who's following them? Who do they follow? Mm -hmm. Um, How do they post? How do they market themselves? And you can emulate that. That's one way. one of the important things with freelancing is, well, how's the money coming in, right? And it's, I, I would say, going out to career events. If you're here in Orlando, a really cool one is called OTAB, Orlando Tech and Beer. You have to be 21 to go. <laughs> but you have a lot of professionals that are young, between their 20s and 40s, who who, who come out, and a lot of them are, are business owners, um, small businesses that maybe you can get some work from. But I would always find somebody who's done it before me and um, really just try to get ideas, uh, try to copy what they're doing um, and see what works. And at the same time, connect with that person. Let them know, hey, you're doing great things. Compliment them. You know, flattering people, it'll take you very far, right? So I, I think that's another thing. If you find someone who's established that could even potentially be a mentor to you, um, help you get your, you know, get things off the ground. Um, that's really the best way, in, um, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and that's a great uh, chance for individuals here, too, to reach out to alumni or fellow Hall of Famers who um, are, have been in, established in their industries. That's a great mm -hmm. way, great people to access to get information and advice from. Um, another thing is certain social media platforms like Facebook have tons of groups, depending on if you're in L.A., Atlanta, New York, some of these major metropolitan areas. Um, so, like, if you're in film and you're looking to do production or assistant work, they're constantly putting up blurbs on these private groups right. about, you know, hey, I need a production assistant for two days, or I need this for a couple of days, and it's first come, first serve, person, first person to respond. So um, maintaining access and getting onto those social groups can be great. And that just extends to what you talked about with the networking groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's websites out there. I mean, I'm sure most people who do freelance have heard of Upwork. Yeah, yeah, you know. that's another one. Yeah, but that, I could see that being a challenge when you're someone who's new, who right. doesn't have a lot of work. You know, because when I go on Upwork... Freelance is all about hustle. Yeah. You have to hustle every day, seven you, days a week. Exactly. You have to hustle, but you go on websites like that, and, man, there's some people that they've had a 10-year head start on you. Right, yeah. All right? That's... And they, they've they had a 1,000 contracts under their uh -huh. belt already. You're not going to show up so high on that list. Which is know? why you really have to assess your skill sets and your pay level and what you can really right. contract out at. Yeah. And get out the house. Get out the house and go out there and go meet people. Um, that's the best way. You know, you, you can't do it all from home. You can't do it all online. And um, there's a lot of great events, especially if you're here in Orlando. There's a lot of really, um, a lot of cool networking events. Um, I can just tell you, I mean, I got one deal uh, when I was doing those commercials uh, from a photographer who just wanted me to set up AV equipment. And I have, like, really no experience other than setting up the VCR when I was a kid, like right. the red, white, and yellow wires. That was a four-day, $34,000 deal wow. for yes. us at a networking event that I had only gone to for the first time, and I was there for maybe less than two hours. So you got to get out the house, and you got to get out your comfort zone, uh, really put yourself out there, and um, it takes time. It's a lot of work, but that's how you make it happen, and you never know, you know, like who you're going to meet, um, the I, well, the thing that keeps me up at night when I don't go to an event is like, who did I miss an opportunity with? Right. Like, did I miss another oh like thirty thousand dollar deal out there? Um, so definitely get out, get out, and um, and meet with people. Sounds good. Cool. Yeah, and um, let's talk about GPS points and how that can help like students. Oh, this is David speaking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite. Okay. So um, yeah, the GPS points, those really. Well, th I guess there's two big reasons. One, Hall of Fame's coming up. It's next month. And we have a lot of these VIP like workshops, these roundtables, where we'll have um, someone special here who will possibly review portfolios or maybe give advice uh, or just talk about their work in the industry. Okay. And we like to keep those roundtables, you know, small and intimate. You know, maybe like cap it at eight or ten people. There's like 100 or 200 people that want to go. So by those GPS points will give you a priority, basically. Um, if you have like low GPS points, you probably won't be able to get into one of those um, really popular events. Um, employers, there's actually employers um, that know about our GPS point system and will ask for it. Because that tells us a lot of, um, it tells us about your soft skills. Right? Are you on? Is this person on time? Does this person come to school? Does this person do anything extra um, on campus? So we, we have employers that are familiar with our with that system that will ask for your GPS points with your GPA. Um, and there's ways that you can have you know GPS points taken away. I mean, um, 
I just learned the other day, like you can have 15 point, 15 GPS points taken away from you from just driving recklessly wow. on, mm. on property. On campus? Yeah. And I wow. see that happen all the time. And it's like, man, you can go from a hundred to 85, you know, wow. just like yeah. that. So be mindful of, you know, what you're doing out there, you know, especially when you're driving around. Mm. Um, but those GPS points, they, they do matter. And, um, especially around hall of fame time, that's when I see them applied the most, I'd say. Cool. How, so, how can students um, get gain more GPS points? Like, is there activities or, you know, what can question. you do? Yeah, yeah there's, there's different activities that you can do. Um, volunteering um, during Hall of Fame for different events will get you more GPS points. Um, if we see you doing things, like when there's actual staff from Full Sail seeing you um, maybe holding the door for someone or just going that extra mile to – you know, help another student or help someone that's around campus. When we see you doing good things, we can actually send an email to get you more GPS points. So um, you can get them like all the time, right. you know. Um, but it, it, I would say it's mostly like volunteering for, for events um, and just going the extra mile whenever you can, you know. We're, we're here at Full Sail for like, what, like two, maybe two and a half years. Try to make the most of it and participate in as many activities as you can and, um be nice to everyone. Yeah. So um, when is, can you say the date for the next um, networking event that's coming up? That's this weekend. Or the, oh, yeah, today? it's actually tomorrow. Today? Tomorrow. tomorrow? Oh, wow. okay. In New York City. Tomorrow. Oh, in New York City, okay. Now okay. I'm coming for Orlando, for the, for the people who's <laughs> for local. Orlando. It's May 21st. Yes. May 21st, May 21st. okay. Yeah, May so if you can get out um, to the network, the Orlando Network Conference, um, May 21st, um, bring your resumes, dress okay, appropriate. Absolutely. On campus? Or? Now, I wouldn't count out just because someone's local and, you know, there's one going on in New York. Right. Don't excuse that as an option not to research the companies that are involved. Oh, absolutely, yeah. A lot of the employers that attend are uh, ones that are in other places like Chicago mm-hmm. and L.A. They're hiring for all over the country. So what I'd recommend for any job seekers is take a look at the employers who are attending our events, whether in <sighs> Chicago, L.A., Atlanta, New York, wherever, and research those companies, see if they're hiring. If they find that you're a full sale student and we already have an established relationship, we may have job leads already in our system for them. Right. Uh, we may have a strong relationship with them, and it's only going to serve to benefit them. So just because a networking event is not local, don't count it out for sure. Cool. And yeah. could, like, um, online students, like, attend? And do, do you guys have, like, a uh, online portion, or is that not applied yet i don't know well we've had employers who and here's the other thing too take a look at career sync a lot of these employers will post their jobs Mm -hmm. prior to the event happening and we'll do what we call pre-select interviews so those candidates that apply to the job the employer's looking at them and they're like hey i want to i want to interview these people sometimes those are skype interviews for people that are not um on site here which i've I, i have a guy um, who was in New York at the time, who interviewed. Uh, it was a Skype interview with an employer here during our CNE, and the company was from Chicago. It was Scientific Games, actually. And they ended up hiring him. He was in New York at the time, Skyped in, hired him. They relocated him to Chicago. Right. So there, there's definitely opportunity there. Even if you're online, you know, connect with your advisor. Um, I work with a lot of people online, and... Um, you know, that, that's kind of the whole purpose why we're on the road now is to try to get it's like, hey, if, if you can't get to us, mm-hmm. we're going to try to. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But um, before you go any further, um, you said something important. You said going career sync. Um, I don't think a lot of people know what that is oh. because um, 
when I when I was in RA, I graduated. Mm-hmm. Then the three months my career advisor told me about career sync. So I don't know if, and none of my teachers ever explained to me what yeah. career sync was before prior to me graduation. So can you explain what career sync is for the for people who don't know? Uh, so career sync is a portal for students to enter into mm-hmm. to start working on their career profiles to start okay. looking for jobs. We develop and foster relationships with employers all across the country and through these relationships and these relationships built the relationship building we will get uh, preferential treatment for job opportunities that we will put into our system um, now and a, one of the reasons in order for you to be able to apply is that you have to have an approved resume so right. this does require you to actually work and meet with your advisor and to have a resume that they deem is applicable and looks good or decent um, that we can sh- then show to um, the employer itself um, but yeah. yeah and um, you can schedule appointments there mm-hmm. you can search through our job leads there our different find events out, find out more about the networking events you can find out who right. the employers yep. are and you can you can actually RSVP through CareerSync yeah so that website is careersync.fullsale.com <laughs> so um, another thing is though is when you um, when you make appointments are you making appointments for any career advisor or your specific one your specific one okay so but usually don't find that spe- uh, specific career advisor till like the last three months mm-hmm. that's right so so prior to that is career sync still is that still like available to to students no no you, you okay. gain access to it when when you're about three months from gra- okay. from graduating but during open door which you can even call in during open door right. you can get to know us that way okay and um, I, I have a lot of students who want to get an early start on things you know maybe five or six months and yeah, there's nothing wrong with that yeah and um, I can at least send you re- you know resumes that you can reference to get started on your own right um, and I can give you advice to network so that way when you got to ask someone, hey, you guys are hiring. It's not awkward. It's not weird. It's not a stranger. You've at least met this person, spoke with them, right. you know, months ahead of time. And pl- uh, also trying to interview or applying for jobs too early in the process can, it, it is a very thin line to walk. So if you're applying, like you still have six months prior to graduation and you're interviewing with an employer in California and they want you to relocate right. immediately. And you're like, well, hey, I'm sorry, I have six more months in school. An employer typically wants you now. They're interviewing you for a job that they want here and they want now. And if you say that you can't come for six months, you wasted their time, which to them, to a recruiter, is more valuable than anything. Um, so you got to be really careful, too, about how early you're starting to job search it's in itself. Absolutely. And um, it just just from the so, um, so show, um, what I got is from, like, networking. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess putting your best foot forward because – not saying you're like you're the deciding factor of our jobs, but I mean, if I guess if we show you that we're interested, I mean, it's possibly that you can find help find us work and everything. Would yeah. you say would you, how would you? Yeah, well, yeah. Mean, so if you come to me as a student, and the more active you are with me, and right. the more engaging you are with me, that already tells me how serious you're taking this mm-hmm. whole process. And if you have that type of work mentality with me, you're, that's clearly going to transcend with another field. That's probably going to. Sh- that's probably very indicative that you might have GP, high GPS right. points. It's probably very indicative of how you are in class and how you're going to be during the job search process itself. Um, that just all kind of translates. So if you're active with me, that means you're probably active in other areas right. as well. Right, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, and can you give us some some quick tips on resumes, like how, how we should word our resumes, what should we put on our resumes, how should we deliver our resumes, like... The um, do's and don'ts. Yeah, yeah the do's and don'ts. And don'ts. Um, so resumes can be very tricky. I come from a very strong resume writing background. Um, it is kind of difficult in a school like of this nature to give solid 
resume advice just because we have so many varying program fields that uh, a resume in David's programs would look very different than a business resume. And even the resumes that I work on are very different because we're in the entertainment industry or marketing industry. So we work more on like modern resumes versus traditional formatting resumes. But I would say some of the do's and the don'ts, I would, as a recruiter from a recruiting background, I would never say put your address on, a look, on your resume just okay. because um, as a recruiter, I would often like, oh, well, this person lives in Kissimmee and they're applying for a job over by UCF. Well, traffic. Yeah, long term right. traffic wise, is this person a long term solid? Like, probably not because they're not going to want to travel an hour plus each way. Right. So if I saw someone from Kissimmee, automatically out the door. Um, I'm still a heart believer. I don't like photos. Um, anything that's personal, I've seen dating statuses, I've seen birth dates, I've seen astrological signs, mm. I've seen potter houses. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about the dating, <laughs> dating status. Thing. Yes, um, and she had her photo on there too, so I was like, oh, well. Um, those are those are very big things. And then also, it, one thing I constantly find that I'm reiterating is the grammar structure of a resume, especially a modern or even traditional resume, is very different than if I were writing you an email or a letter or if I was writing an essay for school. There's no personal pronouns. There's no I's, we's, ours, or I led, Felicity okay. led. We don't speak in third person. It's almost kind of like an instruction manual. You would never say, oh, me and David went to the mall today. It would just be went to mall today. Or it would, and everything's going to start with an action verb. So it's going to say managed, uh, activated, developed, uh, strategized, led. You would never say I led. You would just say led. Right. Um, you got to think about your resume as, um, as like real uh, real estate, like what's important, what's not, and taking up those little words takes up so much energy and so much space that you can really use that space for more important phrasing. Right. How, skill sets. How long? Because I I've heard like so many different things that a resume should be one page, can't be more than yeah. two. So like, resumes, what's your yeah, resumes are definitely very subjective. So what I might tell you could be very different what David tells you or and another advisor tells you, but there are still some kind of hard, there are some hardcore rules in regards to resumes. Um, there are a lot of people who love a, just a one page resume. And if you are developing and just starting out in your career, a one page resume for <clears> sure. I would probably, unless you're doing a government GS resume, I would never go beyond two. Um, I find that two pages is pretty standard for, in terms of maximum length of a resume, yeah. and not back and front. Yeah, most of the feedback that that I get from employers is they want they want to see it on one page. Yeah. Okay. You know, get it to fit on one page. Make sure that your resume is text selectable. Like if I can't highlight the words on the document, yeah. this is bad. Right. Because um, with a lot of companies, we use applicant tracking systems. Mm -hmm. So if, if you send, a lot of people make really fancy resumes on like Photoshop, mm -hmm. well that's saved as an image. So when your resume comes in, it gets uploaded as an image, but as a recruiter, when I get it, it's a blank document. So I can't even see anything. Um, also that applicant tracking system, sometimes it's gonna pull keywords. Sometimes it's gonna pull off your contact information so that way they can build a profile for you in their system. So that's why it's important, make sure it's text selectable, make sure the links on it. If you have a link to a portfolio or a demo or your right. LinkedIn, hyperlink it. I should be able to click it. You know, I don't want to type this thing out. I don't want to copy paste it. Uh, make sure that, that you have a hyperlink. Um, and I always recommend save it as a PDF, you know, because some of the systems, what they'll do if you send it in as a Word document is that we'll jumble things up when we're converting it in our system. So if you save it as a PDF and, and apply that way, um, everything's kind of locked into that layout. 
you don't have to worry about things um, kind of getting morphed on your resume. Yeah, especially if you're using a lot of text boxes within, yeah. a, within a Word document. Um, another thing, I have a lot of people who come in using Canva as a way to make or create and build resumes. Uh, but once again, there's a problem because it's a pay service. So you pay per print, um, but people can screenshot or they save it. And as a result, you can't copy and select the text, which makes it really difficult. And it kind of makes it useless because in the future, you can't edit that document. You can't go back in and add. And the, the important thing to remember is your resume is a living document. Right. It never, it's always changing, it's always updating. It's changing and tailoring and targeting every time you apply for a different role. So, yeah. so when, um, when you're um, filling out your resume, or when you're like, if, if I'm gonna apply for a job, how often, I mean, I, I would say pretty often you update your resume, but should I always just keep all the current stuff on my resume for what I've done recently or like? So I, I would never do? recommend, typical resumes tend to go no more than 10 to 12 years back. Right. Um, most people should probably have a LinkedIn account and everything, what I, I call it LinkedIn land, and anything beyond that can go live in LinkedIn land. Right. If you find, especially if you're coming out of school and you do have some work, you have some relevant work and then you have non-relevant work. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you've done Spark, you've done some other volunteer activities here on campus, but then you've also worked at McDonald's and you find that you're running low on space um, or you find that for whatever various reasons, get rid of McDonald's, it's not relevant. If it's not gonna help your career, it's not gonna help you with that, with that job application, say goodbye. And it can, live right. in, it can live in LinkedIn land, they can go visit it in LinkedIn land, but it doesn't need to live on the resume. And how is, how, how, how is it important to keep like just relevant? Like if if I want to be um, maybe an actor or something, this is, but uh, I'm doing like um, camera work or something. Like should I should I put everything I've done on that resume, or should I like let's say I just I just did one acting gig, but I've done other stuff too. Should I put all of that stuff on there, or just keep that one that one gig that I did for acting? No, I I would. We want a balance of experience that relates to the job, right? But we also want to see what have you been doing recently, right? Okay. Right. So if, if there's going to be a gap that's like several months or even a year or two, mm -hmm. um, list that recent experience, even if it doesn't relate to the job. So at least they can see, well, you're still doing something, right? Right. This is what he's been doing during this time. So um, we do want a resume that speaks to the job description that you're applying to. Mm -hmm. But we also want to avoid having any gaps. Um, so I, I would, you know, even if what you were doing uh, or what you're targeting now isn't what you, you're currently doing, I would still list it just to show that you're still active. You know, because the first thing I think of and is... unemployed. Yeah, if you're unemployed, it's like, all right, well, what are you doing? Right? I don't see new updates in school. Um, I just think you're at home. Yeah. Right? So would you put, like, your, probably your rewards on your resume or put that for LinkedIn like uh, your GPS points or your you know your certifications that you took in school so this is something I come across especially a lot with our veterans um, mm -hmm. our veteran students when they're putting down uh, down rewards for that they received during the military and basically just jumping off what David said if it's not relevant and it's not gonna help your resume towards the job that you're applying for leave it off um, all that a lot of times we'll get um, I get military awards like service awards, things of that nature, or attendance awards from school. Um, if, if your resume is really blank and you need to fill space, maybe, but if it doesn't speak to the job you're applying for, um, and remember too, in terms of like what he was saying, beyond employment gaps, jobs always have transferable skills. So if you did need to put that fast food restaurant job down, mm -hmm. think about the transferable <clears throat> skills that still can apply 
did you manage? Did you schedule? Did you book? Did you lead? Did you, what did, what were your responsibilities? Think about right. it in that nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all about painting a picture. Gotcha. Yeah. And also know who your audience is. Yeah. You know, if, if it's an award, um, let's say just to piggyback on the military stuff. Well, mm-hmm. if you're applying to a military simulation company, then that's another, yeah. That has, that employs a lot of veterans, that's something that's going to stand out to them. I've had employers where Boy Scouts, you know, oh, one of my guys was an Eagle Scout, and the hiring manager just lost her mind, right? She was like, my son is one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Guess what? I mean, not only did that guy get an interview, but he actually got a job. And I don't want to say it was because of that. He was a great programmer, too. But those are things that stand out. So you should have a section that says, you know, awards and accolades. Right. If you have a good GPA, right, and – I guess that's subjective to what's good. If you have a 3.2 and higher, 3.5 and higher, um, some employers will ask for a specific GPA. If it's higher than what they're asking for, definitely put it on there. Um, but uh, th- those achievements, they look good, but just make sure that, you know, again, know your audience, make sure it's going to be something that looks good for them. Oh, and to piggyback, yes, they should be on your LinkedIn. About Everything should always live on LinkedIn. Um, your resume is where you're going to start to tailor and target towards the job that you're applying for. Um, somebody told me, um, like, especially with, like, um, let's, let's say LinkedIn, because you said LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, everybody, you could put everything on LinkedIn, but I guess it would show your progress of, like, when you first started. Absolutely. To, um, yeah. Maybe now, like, if you had, like, 10-year work history, maybe, like, your first job was McDonald's, but now you're, like, mm-hmm. manager or CEO or something. It shows, I guess it shows that you're I have a great student who works for Paramount Pictures. Um, he started as an intern in 2008. He progressed, and now he's the director for licensing and syncing at Paramount Pictures in L.A. Um, but his LinkedIn completely reflects, like, if you follow up, it shows as he started off as an intern in right. 08 and then moved his way up through the company. Um, so, yeah, LinkedIn's a great way to see and visualize, especially when you're looking at things that extend beyond that 10 to 12-year mark on a resume. Cool. Um, so so um, we do have a segment on the podcast called Horror Stories. <laughs> but, I love this. But you, we can we can do both because I want to see both sides of the, you know, you guys work in career development of, you know, um, I know, what's his name that always comes to Spark and talk to us? I, well, I forgot his oh, name. Oh, you're talking about Jamie? Jamie, yeah. yeah. He Jamie always Hopper. talks, yeah, talk, talks about the... The horror stories, like how you guys get students' interviews, like um, you build that relationship, and the company wants to interview a student, but they don't show up. Oh, that's and, the worst. That's the and, worst. And, you know, full sales build relationship with big companies, and um, we also have success stories. Can you tell us, you know, both um, two stories, good and bad? Just grads? Grads, grad current <laughs> students. All right. Um, um well, let me share this one, even though it has nothing to do with a grad, but this was a story that a lot of my students and grads appreciate that we don't think of all the time. Um, so when I, when I used to be a recruiter, um, I, I mean, I'd interview. I think like the first half of my day was just nothing but interviews. And there was a candidate that I had spoke to um, the Friday before, and she could sweet as can be. Right, like I, I love this lady from like the first time I talked to her. She was, um, she sounded like such a strong candidate. And that Monday morning, when I was driving to the office, and um, I was pulling in, you know, I, I had a, cu- a cup of Dunkin' Donuts in my hand, and I was about to take a sip, and I'm pulling up to the red light, and she just jumps right in front of me, and cuts me off, and I spilled coffee all over myself. And um, she drove one of those. Um, 
Astro vans where the mirrors are like the size of like computer monitors. So I can see her in the mirror and she just she looked at me like she gave me this look like what the heck? Like like I did nothing. I'm like, all right. So Monday morning, we all hate Mondays. I drive to the back of the office and when I get inside, um, the front desk girl tells me, Hey, your interview's here and I look outside and it's her. And so wow. it was like before we even started, like this interview's done. You're not we're well, not gonna move any further just based off that interaction. But just know, interview days, it's important for everyone to know, that, you know, the moment you leave the house, you got to be on your best behavior. You don't know who you're going to come across on the road. Be nice to everyone. Be as sweet as you can be always to the front desk lady. That is the gatekeeper. Yes. All right? So um, that's that's one of my, I'd say, um, horror stories um, that we could avoid. Um, <laughs> luckily, I haven't had any of those in the office yet where they've done something to the client prior. I don't know right. if I've had any, I'm newer to the full sale family. So I haven't had as many horrific situations yet as I did in my life prior to full sale. Where I got more. I got, you know what? You share on. You <laughs> All keep right. sharing. So here's another one. We had, um, we had a game studio come out and, with about four different um, recruiters. And, uh, we in career development we actually had extra jackets so if you didn't have a suit you could come in as long as you wore like a nice dress shirt and some nice jeans you could come in and i could at least throw a jacket on to you and um, one of my strong you know grads at the time he came in in a t-shirt and jeans and i was like hey man let's throw this jacket on you really quick before you get in that interview and he was like no i'm good and i was like everyone else is dressed up except for you and he's like no man i'm good so he goes into that interview, and um, not even two or three minutes into it, the hiring manager comes out, comes into my office, and is like, why is that guy not dressed up, right? And he was great, but they can't see past that. Some, you know, every employer is going to be different. This was one that dressing to impress was a really big deal for them, and um, the jacket was there. All you had to do was throw it on. All you had to do was take that step, the attempt would have done it. But, um, yeah, he didn't get a phone call, and that interview ended up, you know, just being maybe like 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was an unnecessary horror story. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed what you said about being nice to the front desk girl, like or whomever, sorry, yeah. uh, whoever's at the front desk. From the moment you walk in the door, to be honest, the moment you walk out of your house, like you said earlier, you're on. Like, yeah. game's on, ready to go. You don't know who you're going to meet driving yeah. or as you're walking into a building. Um, and remember, the nicer you are, the the, the more they're going to want to work with you. Right. Yeah, especially our front desk lady and career development. Be as sweet as you can to her. Absolutely. Diane, she's the nicest lady. Deserves it. <laughs> but I, th- I think the, the important thing is you don't know their backgrounds. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, if I just told you the history of our front desk lady, we'd be like, yo, she shouldn't be at the front anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. She's I mean, she has this history of working with like Marvin Gaye, the Temptations, wow. like all these yeah. crazy, huge, um, you know, artists from like back in the day. You wouldn't know it. But the important thing with the front desk people is they sit at the front. Everyone that comes in says hi to them. Most of them. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've actually told some of my students and if we can we move on to success story. So yeah. Can, yeah. 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 So here's one success Please. story dealing with front desk. I, I had a, a grad who, I mean, he was trying really hard. Um, he was applying, 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 and his, 
just didn't have, you know, um, luck was just not on his side. And so I had gave him some advice. I told him, go over by UCF where all these simulation companies are, park your car over here, and just walk in. Go on LinkedIn first, see if you can find who the HR person is. Type in the name of the company, type in HR, see if you can pull that name up. Go to front desk, see if, if, if you can ask for her. But be really sweet to that front desk lady. Because 99% of the time, she's going to be like, no, you can't talk to that person. But if you're nice to her, she might take your resume, float it up to who needs to see it, whoever right. that person is. So he spent three hours doing this. And out of that three hours, he ended up getting four interviews and he got two job offers. One of those job offers ended up being with a company called Digitas Technology that ended up referring him to Lockheed Martin, where he started making $65,000 a year in wow. his first job. Wow. You know, but that all came from getting out of his comfort zone. He actually went to those places and he was really nice. He knew he couldn't get any further. He knew he couldn't get a meeting out of it. But at least if he was nice to them, they'd float his stuff up. And, um, yeah, that was a success for him. And he's been at Lockheed Martin now for the last, like, two and a half years. That's great. That's a true success story right there. I would say just don't be nice just to get a job. You should just be nice in general. In general. <laughs> just, yeah. Life people, is so much easier. People just going to come to you just to be nice to you, just to get something <laughs> from you. But uh, I think, I mean, that's that's a real good point. Yeah. That's a real good um, Because you, you never know day. who you're going to work with or meet again. and. That person could definitely help you. Mm-hmm. So I have one more question. Sure. Um, what advice would you give someone that applied for a job but no longer wants that job, but now say the company is calling them? Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe something comes. Yeah, up. Yeah, something yeah, comes up, out. and you yeah. know what would what would be the best approach? Because I know a lot of people just don't pick up, they and ghost. that's like yeah, that's, oh, no, that's yeah. the worst. Mm-hmm. That would happen to me every week when I was a recruiter. Yep multiple times a week you know and we've gone through the job process and we've gone through the interviews and i sent you an offer and you signed the offer and monday morning you don't show up and then i call and i call and i email and nothing um we're as adults we should we you know we should be professional and even if it is to break bad news um it happens and it happens both ways i've offered people jobs and then something happened where on monday i I had to say dude the job fell through as a, be professional, let them know, give them a call. Um, that's a step that I'd say 90% of the people aren't going to do. And I'm going to appreciate that. And I'm going to look at you in, you know, in a better light and just think that, wow, this person's really professional for doing this. But the most important thing that you've done is you didn't burn that bridge. Mm-hmm. Right? So if something comes up, if the new job that you got falls through, hey, you can at least make an attempt and let those people know, that job wasn't what I expected. Is that opportunity still available? And would you still consider it for me and uh, or consider me for it? And I've had that personally happen, and it was yes. We ended up hiring that person, even when they told us they were going to go to somebody else. So don't burn bridges because a lot of these industries are really small, right? And a lot of these markets have just a few companies, right? We're lucky here in Orlando. Like for simulation, there's like 60 of them. But if I go to Alabama, there's like none. There's like one or two. So the important thing is that we avoid burning any bridges and just take that higher road. And it's okay. You know, um, business is business on both sides, you know, and it's something that we're used to. It's not like, you know, don't lie. I get a lot of people, uh, I think interview time and like first day of work is when I get the most. Yeah. My grandma died. 
Yeah, yeah oh, this so many grandmothers. Stop killing your grandmas, <laughs> all right? Don't put that bad juju on grandma. Oh, man. Just let them know it's okay. You know, we're not going to hate you. We're not going to blacklist you. If anything, we're going to look at you probably in a better light than we did before because, right. you know, it takes a lot to make that phone call or that email, you know, but we appreciate it, and it keeps that door open, which is probably the most important part. Yeah, burning bridges is, is really the thing that you want to avoid at most. And I, I can't agree with David more like during my recruiting days or working in nonprofit or for the state and employment services where you have this candidate who is perfect. They come in for the interview. They're enthusiastic and excited. They sign their contract. They accept their offer. And then Monday morning, grandma is gone. Um, or something else has happened, or they've just ghosted. And right. you're left wondering, like, was it me? Did I do something wrong? Like, <laughs> you feel yourself, you feel yeah. personally affected by it. You're like, this was the perfect thing. She was so excited. And a lot of time, it has nothing to do with it. They, they may have had other offers. They may have life situations that right. are going on. Um, but like you said, I've had individuals who were very pro- professionally courteous to me, and they let me know. And they came back, and they're like, hey, something fell through. Is this still op- an opportunity for me? And 100%, 100%, if they gave me the time in the day, I, I can give them the time in the day, especially if they're a candidate who went through all this filtering and processing, and I, we wanted them. Um, and I think this happens a lot of times. Like, you're interviewing with two employers at the same time, and around, you know, you're still waiting to hear from one company, and the yeah. other one just offered you. Right. It's like, oh, what, I, I what do you do? something about that. Well, hey, yeah. well, I was gonna say, um, applying for multiple jobs. Yeah, like, it happens. Just not saying being impatient, but you know, maybe you have three months left and you say no, nobody's calling me back, so you just applied for like ten jobs maybe, then all of a sudden all ten of them call you back and now you're like, What should I do now? Like who should I go to? This that. is this is like one of the best problems to have in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it's stressful have. though. It can be very stressful. It can be. I mean you gotta look at it. You know, if you're a basketball player and you have 10 basketball teams that all want you, well, this is great news, right? right? And there's a lot of things, a lot of positives that come from this. One, and one of the things as a recruiter that I had to deal with was, yeah, when I found a strong candidate, somebody else probably found him too. Right. And is going to send him an offer. And then that person would come back to me and just tell me, Dave, I can't take your job. This guy offered me 65000 And then I'd be like, hold on, let me call you back in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then I'd get on the phone, be like, yo, <laughs> they offered him 65. Can we do 70? Yeah, we can do 70. Dude, call those people, tell them you're not going. I'm getting you 70 grand. Right? These are good problems to have. It's important that we be professional all the time. Right? right? And um, one, I would always ask my candidates, hey, do you have any other offers? Are you I- interviewing anywhere else? Um, just because I want to know where you where you're at, um, but just you know, it's if you told me that you were interviewing somewhere, right? I think the first thought that some of us have is, "Ooh, they're not going to like me anymore," right? Right. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm applying at the guys across the street. As a recruiter, I actually feel good when you tell me that other recruiters are interviewing right. you because that means like, "Ooh, he is good," right? And I'm not the only one who sees it. Mm. So let the part let the you know, and, and I would think. We bring this up mostly when it's when when people are sending you an offer and they're like, "Yo, you have to Friday to let me know." Right. That's when you want to be like, "Hey, I'm you know I had interviewed at this one company. I just want to give them the respect, um, and, and hear what they have to offer. Is it okay if I got back to you, you know, like a week later?" So like all of these are like situational type of things, but it's still important to, especially when you're in that negotiating, like salary time communicate with your recruiters mm-hmm. they're not gonna have their feelings hurt right we want to make sure that we get you what you need um 
in time, right? It can't be like you start tomorrow and now you need ten thousand more dollars. Right. Like, dude, my, now my hands are tied behind my back. I can't do that. Um, but, you know, um, it's case by case, but situationally, like if you're in that, they're offering you salaries and and you're waiting for that one company and that's the company you really want to go to. Let them know. Hey, I just received an offer. Like, how long do you think maybe you guys are gonna be like another week or two? Okay. You got. I'm really trying to hold out for you guys, but. You know, and sometimes that puts the pressure on those guys, and, and maybe they'll give you some feedback even sooner. There's something, though, to be said, too, beyond employers who are hiring contracts or people in higher roles. Uh, because of the turnover with positions and of that nature, employers often get skittish and scared to hire individuals in higher roles if they're not internal candidates. Employers typically often prefer internal candidates, right. which is why even though, especially for our fresh graduates who maybe they're coming out with a master's and they're like, oh, I should be mid-level, high-level, a lot of times you you might have to step into an entry level to get your feet wet and show them that what kind of work ethic you have and how great you are and what an asset you are and how this could be your potential forever company because employers do want those internal candidates as well because exactly what he said, people ghost and mm -hmm. they become skittish because the hiring process is expensive. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, so let's say this guy's out there who's feeling confident about this stuff. I mean, maybe they're not on that level yet, but they feel like they're on that level. Should they should they take jobs like mid-level, higher-level jobs if they feel they're, they're capable of doing it? I mean, my argument would be if you are applying for specific jobs at a certain mm -hmm. level and you are not getting any callbacks and you've applied between 20 and 40 to 50 jobs, you haven't had one callback, then something needs to be reassessed, whether right. it's your resume, whether it's your interview tech, well, you wouldn't have gotten to the interview, mm -hmm. or if it's the jobs that you're applying to, something is not working. And it could be just that you're not communicating yourself effectively on your resume, or it could be you're just applying for jobs that you're not yet qualified for. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I have a lot of grads, well, not a lot. I have some grads who have actually gotten senior roles as developers because of how strong of programmers they were, um, or how well they fit that company's needs. Now, they didn't get the title as a senior, but they got paid as a senior mm -hmm. person. And that's case by case, depending on what that company's business need is and if you can fill that uh, in for them. Um, I wouldn't say go out there and target senior jobs. I want people to know who I am and what I do, always. I'm always about networking. Right. So if a job is a senior job and there's not a lot of like junior or entry level opportunities in your area, apply to it. What's the worst thing they're, they're going to do? Not call you back. Not call you, say no. But that person it works at a company that use that has other employees that do what you do, might use the same tools you use or same skills. If they don't have something for you now, they might have something for you later. Right. And um, I've recruited, you know, I've recruited a lot of senior jobs. And if I found someone who was good but was more junior, I put you in my in my pipeline. I'm saving you for later. So when that job opens up, I already know who you are, right? And I can bring you in. So um, I don't. So I'm not saying go out there and target them, but you know, if you feel that you can do the job, apply to it. So at least somebody can take a look at at your resume and l let them determine whether you would be a fit for it or not. Right. Don't be afraid of informational interviews as well. I have a uh, grad right now. She um, is aggressively looking for jobs, and this girl is phenomenal. And but she's in a very niche industry. She wants to work for like innovation technology, but for sports. Right. Like she wants to be an MBA specifically, and she's not been able to find her way in, and her resume is not getting through. But she wants a certain job at a certain level, and she managed to find through LinkedIn the director for the MBA of like innovation technology. She managed to get a hold of him. He. 
She reached out. She was super polite and nice. He did an informational interview with her. She was so great that he requested her resume. And he's like, you know what? I don't have a spot open for you right now, but I've gone ahead and I forwarded your resume to my management team right. and to my team. So we definitely have you in our sites for the future. So um, would you would you tell students to take, like, if, if that position is open, would they, would they have, like, another position? You, do you Would you tell the students to take that other position just to get in the door? Yeah, it all depends. Yeah, it depends. If it's a if you have your hearts that on a company, for instance, like there's some certain people who want to work for certain places, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like if you can, if that's what you can get to get your foot in the door, take it. Especially if you need to get paid, right? To live mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and it's it's always situational. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's different. Some of you know some of my guys they they want to start from the found, from the bottom, so that way they can um, they can grow in that company and see what all the roles. Um, well, all those tasks are, um, they feel more comfortable in some of the smaller positions because it gives them a chance to grow into it. So if, you know, if you feel that you're, you're strong in that skill, you're comfortable about doing what they're asking for, go for it, you know, especially, I mean, they're, they're interviewing you, they're asking you the same questions and, um, they're making that, that same determination, right? They're not going to ask you, well, Hey, can you do this? We're going to ask you questions to make sure you can do it. Right. Right. I, I, I recruited, um, there was a, this one quick little story. I, one of the jobs I would rec- I recruited for were um, it was kind of like a PC repair where you had to use a soldering iron to like repair these PC boards, and uh, you know I talked to this guy like twice. He came in and he thought I was going to hire him before actually testing him. Mm-hmm. You know we had a siren uh, a soldering iron yeah. in the office, and mm-hmm. we went into the room and I was like, here you go, man. I'm like, and I don't know what I'm looking at, right? I'm just like, hey, do your thing. And he picks up the so- you know that the a little soldering iron, and that thing's hot, right? He picks it up, and he looks at me, and he looks at the soldering iron, and he puts it down, and he's like, what the heck, Dave? I can't solder. Wow. And he got up, and he left. Um, yeah, We're going to we're gonna test you. You know, we're going to ask you questions. We're going to probe. Um, we're going to make sure we're, we're not hiring someone who has actually zero experience. You know, I know there's a lot of people that try to pull that, like that one dude, but, yeah. So it's both sides. You know, so lying on your resume is out the question. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, don't lie on there. Don't lie on there. Don't. No, some people would know like they exaggerate a little bit more. They, you know, they say we they, all paint a picture. Right. Everybody yeah. paints a picture to highlight their achievements right. and their successes mm-hmm. and their skill sets. But don't, don't. Lie. Don't yeah. blatantly Everything, lie. Yeah. Okay. We can verify things so much like more easier now in 2019 than like in 2009. Yeah, so right? different. It's I different mean, world. I can go into your Facebook and see what you were doing 2011, 2012. Right. Oh, right. that's. That's, that's another big topic, social media. Um, oh, we, yeah. Actually, we, we kind of over our time, but we just want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, um, your social media and um, employers looking at your social media in order to hire you. Yeah. Absolutely. Your digital footprint is super important. Um, we've already discussed LinkedIn quite a bit, which is really important to make sure, especially right. that it's matching your resume. But uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, I'm sorry, Instagram, Snapchat even, um, Pinterest. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. I would stick to – all right, so like no – no red solo cups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Just set everything to private. Yeah. Just set everything, everything to private. Needs to be private. Um, they will uh-huh. look, right. especially if you're a candidate that's being looked at like quite vigorously. Um, I remember during my interview process with Full Sail, um, I had had my interview and it went so great and I was feeling so great about it. And I get back to my job after my interview and then I sit down and suddenly it's like, bing, 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 notification. Everyone's looked at my LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I've had like 15 people from Full Sail. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to make sure my LinkedIn is up to date. And then what else are they looking at? But yeah, make sure everything's private. Yeah, right. Nothing inappropriate. 
Yeah. Um, we dig deep. When people tag you in photos and everything, too. Yeah, you got to no, be that. careful. And it's not even just for employment purposes. I feel like just overall best practice in life. Yeah, even even when you get the job, too, right? Yeah. you can get the job and you still, I mean, maybe they have a, a reputation they want to uphold. And yeah, a lot of the company the culture, company. yes. And you hear yeah. horror stories all the time about people um, maybe going to a bar, going out somewhere and mm-hmm. causing a ruckus, causing a scene. And then it because we live in a viral world now and people have access and they, they find out who you are. Right. You, you're in one video and they find out um, in automatic termination. Yeah. I actually yeah. had a family member recently got fired from his job because he uploaded, he, well, he was at work, but I guess at that um, that job, they have I, I don't know like what their regulations were, but they're not supposed to upload videos of them at work doing like mm. working. Yes. And, um, mm-hmm. Some, so, I guess some people at his job followed him on Facebook and yeah, they, they let him know. Yeah, I, um, I work for also another employer on the weekends um, who may or may not be a theme park in our local area. Disney and World. It's, no, <laughs> not the mouse. Universal. Maybe another one. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because I've been there long enough now. I've been there since 01 to have watched how this digital like privacy has taken effect right. and how it started with I started there and no one had anything. And then MySpace came in and then people started posting photos and it suddenly became very realistic very quickly of employers sitting you down at a computer at work on the clock and saying, pull up your Facebook or pull up your MySpace. What are you posting backstage? Um, and people being terminated on the spot for it. Um, and I've, so I've watched these laws progress and like rules come in and corporate like stuff step up and um, that's just make everything yeah. private. Right. It's opinions too. Well, it's a, it's a really hot time right now mm-hmm. with, with politics and really everyone has an opinion. Time. And um, I know we all want to share a voice, but it's you never know um, what that other Google you yourself know. too. Right. Go into Google, Google your name. Um, if you've been married, Google your pre, you know your maiden name. Mm-hmm. See what comes up. See what photos. Maybe you created some kind of fan fiction account a long time ago, and maybe you want to delete that in case employers look you up right. or don't bash. Don't bash employers. Never. We have, um, we had a grad who, um, or maybe it was an article I read. I don't know if he was our grad. Hopefully he's not our grad. But he had, um, he had bad, he had wrote in this blog, like really bad stuff about this company. And then like a year later, he applied to that company and he got the job at that company. And then it didn't take, I mean, it took like five or six months before someone saw it. But when they did, they ended up letting the guy go. Um, and that was like all over like the game news, like Gama Sutra and stuff. Um, Be careful too, especially for like your and your students. Like if they're signing NDAs and stuff, like right. ugh. yeah, that's crazy. Just, Have you heard horror stories about that too? Oh, People tons supposed to of sign NDAs stories. and still giving out information about what they were. And remember, just because about. your page is set to private doesn't right. always mean it's private, or doesn't mean that people still don't have access. So. Just post like funny memes about Game of Thrones or something, about cats just, or something. <laughs> and cats and kids and um, like you said, no red solo cup pictures. Yeah, none of the partying stuff. Two thousand three's gone. Try to you know do your settings because like I said, people could tie you. You might you might have you might end up having uploaded your video, but your friend uploaded exactly. the video of y'all drinking or yeah. you know, getting back. Bachelor party. You're like yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So you don't want to be viral. Yeah, I feel like, like the, I, I feel the, like digital like footprints is something downtown. that we could have our yeah. own <laughs> podcast on, yeah. especially yeah. now with Twitch too coming mm. out and that stuff stays on there forever and YouTube and yeah. So um, I guess this is a close. Um, I'll say this: thank you, um, Felicity and David, for coming. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah. I hope you know the listeners learned a lot. Um, I would say um, my summary of the 
the podcast is, you know, career development is like your guidance counselor from, you know, Absolutely. high school, right. middle mm-hmm. school, elementary, you know, they don't, you know, get you to college, you know, they help you progress and right. help you, you know, be able to get to college, but don't, they don't actually call the employers and be like, this person sometimes sometimes I will reach out if there's somebody that I know over there and I've been working with you and I can you know and I can speak to you I'll do it and I'll tell you just this year I mean I've probably done it like five or six times and all the times I've done it they all gotten phone calls but I need to know who you are right. I need to know so what you, you do I need to know where you want to go that top of the mind awareness I need that you know um, I just can't get you the job but there's times I might be able to set up those pins, but you got to go in there and knock those down. Right. Yep. And, you know, the open doors went every Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, if, you know, anybody, how can they reach you guys? Um, email. Oh, man, or, I'm yeah. everywhere. Um, yeah. Through email. Um, it's drosario at fullsale.com. So if you're in any of the STEM programs, you can just reach out to us that way. Um, you can call our office number, which is 407-551-2023, and speak with Diane or anyone uh, else at front desk, and they can help you either schedule an appointment or give you some more details about Open Door. Um, we're also both on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Felicity Sanchez, Dave Rosario, just search those. And uh, and if you type in Full Sale after our names, then for sure you'll get us like at the top of the list. Right. So, um, yeah, I just want to thank you again for coming, and um, I, I learned a lot uh, I'm pretty sure Vikisha learned a lot and hope did, all the yeah. listeners learned a lot. And um, yeah, we're just going to keep awareness so, um, yeah. around the campus. Thank you, man. We appreciate that. And thanks for having us and giving us a platform to just talk a little bit about career yeah. development and what some of uh, some of the things that you guys can do to get an early start on things. And it's, it's never too early to start. So feel free to reach out. We're here to help you in any way we can. And remember, the more aggressive you are, with like the more you want to come to us, the more we want to help you. We, right. we love that hustle. Like there's nothing... Mm-hmm. That breeds creativity and us wanting to help and then hustle. Yeah. So right. thank you for having us. No problem. And yeah, this was our longest running podcast. Oh. <laughs> by, how, how much? By, how much? By hour, um, Is it hour? <laughs> no, hour 15. Hour 15. So we hour we, we could cut. Minutes. We could yeah. do part one, part two. Part one, part yeah. two, part three, the saga. Hey, the, you let um, me know if you want us to come back <laughs> any day. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Go on for hours about this stuff. All right. So <laughs> thank you. Um, see you next time, guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you.